Welcome to Food Friends. I'm Carrie. And I'm Sonia. We met in Los Angeles over 15 years ago as private chefs and haven't stopped talking about food since. We created Food Friends to share our stories and recipes with each other and you. We're so glad you're here. Hi, it's Carrie. I want to thank all of our food friends who have rated our podcast and left us reviews. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you're enjoying this community, please help others find us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you like to listen in from. I'm so excited to introduce this episode. Sonia and I share a deep appreciation for the world of legumes and discuss some of our favorite bean, lentil, and chickpea dishes, starting with me asking Sonia to explain what makes her basic pot of beans so very delicious and frankly, even better than mine. Keep listening to hear some of our favorite ways to cook beans. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Carrie. Sonia, I'm, I'm already sorry. like laughing and smiling. Dying. Die. I we have such a shared love of beans. So, so much love. So much love for beans and lentils and chickpeas. The world of beans is wide and vast and beautiful. I love um, a legume. I love the whole legume family. Same. <laughs> I feel like I want to start with your basic pot of beans. I think I just need to say your beans, I don't know what it is about your beans that are so good. They're even better than my beans, and I think my beans are really good. So I how do you make your beans I don't so totally well? agree. I don't totally agree that they're better, but I do feel like I this is like why I'm excited to have this conversation with you because as much as I love beans and as much as I cook beans, I kind of tend to stick to one version a lot. Mm. You know, I use very different varieties, but I tend to prepare them in a similar way. So one thing I just want to share that I feel about beans is that the bean matters. The quality the bean of the does bean matter. matter. Yeah. yeah the, the bean, I mean, listen, I think if you're new to beans, it's okay to pick up a pack of beans from your grocery store or from, you know, Trader Joe's, whatever. There's no shade. I use those things None. too all the time. But it is true. Once you get into the world of beans, the bean growers, the special bean growers are special people. To your point, I completely agree that there's nothing like whatever bean you have access to or that you like, wonderful. In fact, I think of all the kind of sort of, you know, regular beans that you can find at almost every grocery store. I love a yes. pinto bean. I think yes. a pinto bean or a black a bean. Black bean a chickpea, great. a lentil, any of them. Yes. Great. Agreed. Fantastic. Okay. But there's this whole other world of beans. And yeah. I have even been introduced to like a new level of it in recent years because one of my really close friends, Katie Gorley, started a bean farm and a bean CSA with her partner, David. And so they're called La Miranda, the bean CSA. And so they started growing these heirloom beans that you kind of can't find anywhere else. I, I don't want to promote something that no one has access to, but at the same time, it sort of has given me this window into like the difference between their beans and, you know, my grocery store beans. And also, so there's other heirloom growers. I've had incredible experiences buying Rancho Gordo beans. Rancho Gordo, I've, I love. That's the yeah. one that I always buy, that I generally buy. And I think if you're new to the world of beans, you can pick up a pack of beans at your grocery store for like $3, $2. They're so cheap. And so when you first pick up a pack of Rancho Gordo and you're like, why are these $10? Right. And then you taste the difference and you're like, oh, it takes so much less effort to make them taste good. And I wonder if that's why even when I come to your house and I 
I taste your basic pot of beans. I don't understand what you're doing that I'm not doing. And I so, and I and I yeah. think it has to do with the bean. I think right? it has to do a little with the beans. Yes. And I think the other thing I will say is while these heirloom beans can be more expensive, obviously, they still make eight to ten servings per bag. They, a pot of beans makes so many beans. You can make multiple meals with a pot of beans. So and we'll get into yes. that. So yes. Yeah, I, I do want to share those some tricks I've learned from the bean farmers and from my cooking trials to make any kind of bean taste better. So I want to know these tricks. Yeah. Yes. I do think the bean itself helps. So like when I have a great bean, I can do water and a bay leaf and literally it will taste amazing and creamy and earthy and delicious. But what I typically do for any pot of beans is I start by soaking it. Now, if I'm using a fresh bean like a Rancho Gordo or a farmer's market heirloom bean, then I soak it for a lot less time. Like I'll sometimes only soak it for two or three hours. And I've even told you before, sometimes I don't even soak the beans, which is true. But I do try to soak the beans, you know, and typically people do it overnight and you can do it even in your fridge if you want, but you can also just leave it on your counter. What I understand is it helps the bean cook more easily. Evenly. You're giving them right. a head start and right. absorbing liquid. And so it kind of seems to make a better textured, more evenly cooked bean. Yeah. Tip number chick- one, soak your beans. Tip number one, soak your beans. I won't talk about chickpeas for a second. I'll have to go back to that because um, I do something different for them. Then I fill the, the pot with water. You want at least three times the amount of liquid to the amount of beans, usually four and, times. And you're talking about fresh water. You're dumping your soak water. Yes. Yeah, you're, yes. I, I want to be clear because I think you grew up eating beans and having beans cooked in your house. I did not. I grew up with canned beans. I think it's important to sort of share all these steps, including the you soak your beans, you dump that water, hopefully into your garden or your yard. That's an even better tip. Also, before (laughs) I soak my beans, I rinse my beans and look for any pebbles or debris, especially with heirloom beans. They Yeah, right. Like a little stone or, you know. Exactly. So I rinse them in a colander. Then I soak them. Okay. Then I drain them. Again, then I add them to a pot, fill the pot with water, a lot of water. You can always add more. I always like to add a couple bay leaves. I like to add fresh bay leaves if I have them, but any bay leaves will do. I like to add a few cloves of garlic. I don't even peel them. You can peel them or not peel them. You don't peel your garlic when you throw it in? Because it usually, like, I smash it. I just put it in and then it's, like, easy to lop out. But you can also peel them. I do it either way. I take an onion. I cut it in half. That's it. And then I simmer it till they're kind of al dente, not yet done. And by the way – so bay – yeah. Garlic, onion. That's it. There's, do you That's put salt it. in? Do you salt your beans? When do you not salt my beans until further until along in the cooking day. process. People have different opinions about this. Some people think you should – I, I just always learn don't do it. It makes them tough. I don't even think that's true. I just don't do it because it doesn't seem to matter in the yeah. grand scheme of things because when they're al dente, this is where I do step two. So I don't like an al dente bean. I want to be really clear. Nothing upsets me more than an undercooked bean. <laughs> it's like such an ick. You know how I like almost everything? This is yeah. one thing I do not like. Do All not right. like well, in it. It's really coming out now. Huh? <laughs> it's really coming so, out. That's where you draw the line in al dente bean. I draw the line in al dente bean. <laughs> I forgot a really important step that I learned from the bean farmers. <laughs> why the world of beans is so fun because it's also like it's such a moving it's a bit of a moving target 
It's so, and you can't really make it wrong. So again, no. this is just my way, but please yeah. do it your way or your grandmother's totally. way. Totally. Grandpa- by the way, just don't stress about your beans. Don't stress you about your beans. Cooking them until they're soft and, and then you can add salt. Okay. So what the bean farmers taught me that I didn't used to do. So you bring your liquid to the boil. It has the onion, the garlic, the bay. You lower it to simmer and then you cover the pot. And once I started cooking my beans under a covered pot, I don't know why, but it makes them better. Interesting. I wonder what that nuance is. I will say sometimes I like to cook my beans in the oven because I am someone who really struggles with keeping a flame low. (laughs) I don't, this is like not my skill set. And I don't Mm. know if it's because most years that I was cooking, I was just living in an apartment. So it wasn't like I was working on the fanciest stove. So I don't know if it was just keeping that flame like just didn't work super well for me. I still didn't want my beans to be broken up. So I could just throw them in the oven and and it takes them a lot longer, but they kind of very gently simmer. And then there's also the, the crock pot situation. And that will keep your beans cooking very lowly and slowly and not let them break up. Okay, wait. You, I, there's a lot we have to back up about. When you're putting it in the oven, what temperature are you doing it and are you doing it with a lid on? I do it, yeah, with a lid on. And the same in like the way I do broth, 250, 300. That you low. Just, yeah, you want it low. It takes a long time. It, it's not perfect. If I really want, I don't know, if, I, am I, if I'm feeling super obsessive about my beans not breaking up, then I'll put them in the crock pot or put them in the oven because my gift is not keeping them at an even simmer on my stovetop. I've gotten better at, at it over the course of time. If you're really unsure, you can always plop them in the oven and it's fine. I love the crock pot tip about this wholeness of the bean because I actually never cook beans in my crock pot, but I have used the instant pot a lot because it like mm-hmm. speeds yeah. up the process. But one thing about the instant pot that I actually do not appreciate is that they cook really unevenly. So some of oh. your beans are way too done and some stay hard and then you end up having to like simmer them longer on a stove or putting more pressure back in. So I don't love the instant pot actually for beans. Yeah, I wouldn't like that either because you know what happened with the Instapot and then another pot is like just too many dishes for me. Too many pots. But I like the idea of the crock pot a lot. I love the idea of an oven, even though it's a much slower process. So that feels like a Sunday project. But I think that also the closed lid for some reason also helps me keep the temperature more even for some reason. I have a problem with my stove. It doesn't have a flame. It's electric and it's inconsistent. So I have that problem. And I guess I just accept that a couple beans get broken and sacrificed in my pot. But overall, they stay pretty intact. So they're al dente. I You're not going to like this part because it's going to involve a second pot. But then I'd get another pot. All <laughs> That's right. really what I do. I'm, I'm sorry. Listening. You're not, you're not going to like it. It's uh, What can I say? I'm listening. Okay, more pots, so, more dishes. So what you could do is like you could have simmered that pot of bean any day of the week or cooked it in your oven and then stick it in your fridge. And then when you want to really make your beans to serve, this is what I do. I get a pot or a very deep pan or skillet. Okay. I saute onion and garlic, like mm-hmm. a normal good saute. So now more onion, more garlic. I add more in flavor. more flavor. And it's fresh. It's a fresh version of onions and garlic as opposed to that sort of muted version that, that simmered along with your beans. Exactly. Then I add tomato paste and I get the onions and the garlic super caramelized in the tomato paste. Then I add spices. So the spices are at the base. So I'm usually adding things like 
cumin, coriander, chili powder, maybe a chili flake, something like that. I already that. know why all your beans taste better than my beans. This is, <laughs> this is like, because you're willing to cook, to wash one more pot. And I'm I willing to wash one more pot. Yes. And so, okay. So you're yeah. basically doing this space of aromatics and flavor, yes. right? And spice. Olive oil. Yeah. Olive oil, onions, garlic, tomato paste, and spices. Yeah. It helps build the flavor. Then I add the beans and some of their liquid, like enough for them to simmer, but not all okay. their liquid. But you can save that liquid good for stocks or other things. Yes. And then I let them simmer till they just soften. Now this process is really fast because if I've already had them al dente, they still have room to absorb all the sauciness I've just created and they get time to get seasoned in salt and absorb the salt because I'm going to add salt at this point. And so then I let them simmer for another, let's say 20, 30 minutes or however long it takes till I like their flavor and texture. I make a big batch. So then I have it all week or I freeze them. Those are your go-to beans. Okay. Well, this is a real revelation because I think generally Generally speaking, unless I'm putting them in a recipe, like a soup or a stew or, you know, whatever, and I'm starting that off from a place of adding a base of olive oil, garlic, onion, spices, I just leave my beans kind of plain. With, yeah. And I do with them whatever recipe I'm going to do. So now that's but now why- I have a question for you because okay. I think a lot of people know how to make a basic pot of beans, even if mine is a little bit not as basic. And I'm right. really looking for like more inspiration around my my bean CSA this this year and my bean pantry in general because I have a lot of beans at home. And I feel like you're always doing lots of fun things. You may cook them basic to start, but then you're doing totally fun things with them. So I'd love to hear like one of your favorite out of the box bean things. And it could be any bean, a lentil, a chickpea, a bean, whatever. Okay. Well, I will tell you one of my favorite recipes to work with lentils is to make these lentil meatballs. They, I think you've had these. They're incredible. They're incredible. And they are fussy. I feel like they're a little bit of a to-do. I think people think like, oh, meatballs, there's not that much work. I always think that meatballs are way more work than I think they're going to be. And I think it is true also for these lentil meatballs, but to just start from the beginning, I tasted these for the first time at this restaurant in New York City called The Meatball Shop, and they had all different kinds of meatballs, but I decided to like try these lentil ones because I thought, wow, I've never had a lentil meatball, and they are so meaty and so delicious and so full of flavor. I, I kind of can't believe how flavorful and delicious they are, and they're vegetarian. The starting trick with making the lentil meatballs is that you want want your lentils to be just barely past al dente because you want them to hold up. You don't want them to be mushy because you're really creating like a meatball texture. So lentils also cook significantly less and significantly less time than do dried beans. So I usually start testing mine at like 15 minutes. Once they simmer, then you're- Once they've been simmering, I start te- I start testing them because I want to just make sure I catch them like at the right moment or, you know, somewhere in like a five minute range of they still hold their shape, but you can easily bite through them. And then I, I rinse them and drain them. So they're pretty basic. I might throw a bay leaf in there, but like- I just keep them super basic. And then the way that you assemble these is the same way that you would assemble like a regular meatball. So you start with a very aromatic base. And I believe that this one is like onions, celery, carrot, mushrooms, thyme. And these are all very finely chopped because you're, you really just want all this flavor to be in your meatball, but not chunks of carrots in your meatball. And there's garlic, there's thyme, there's tomato paste. And once you've cooked all these things together and you have this aromatic base, 
base, you cool it a little bit, throw it into a bowl with your lentils, a couple of eggs, some breadcrumbs, a lot of Parmesan cheese, and then you bake your meatballs and they hold their shape beautifully. Oh, actually, there's one other thing in here that is like, I always forget this and then I always go back and look at the recipe, which is that there is walnuts in it, which adds like a really nice umami richness along with that Parmesan cheese. It's like they don't feel healthy. They feel they're delicious. This is not like a sad, oh, we decided not to have a beef meatball for dinner tonight. It's like this really rich, delicious meatball that's made out of lentils and vegetables. You know, actually the first time I tried this when you made it was for a dinner party, like a fancy dinner party where there were vegetarians present. So you wanted to give them an option and you had these great sauces, which I want to get into. But I remember it being kind of work, right? Like, cause you have to chop all these vegetables. You have to saute them all. You have to cook them first before you can make the meatball mixture. I was even wondering as you were talking, do you think you could get away with chopping up that onion, celery, carrot mixture in a food processor for this? Yeah, you could. You could totally do that. It's funny. I always do those things by hand, but I'm trying to remember. There was something that we talked about last season on Food Friends where- It was my lamb braise. It was this braised lamb. lamb. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I just throw all that stuff into the food processor and kind of pulse it. And that's exactly what you could do for this recipe that would really cut down on your prep time. But the the brilliance, I think, of meatballs, of any meatball and these as well, is that it can be made ahead of time. And you could even make this in stages. So if you had 30 minutes in in the kitchen and you wanted to get the vegetables going and then you wanted to put those in the fridge and then like the next day you could cook the lentils and assemble it or whatever. I think that it's a great dish that can be made ahead of time and it's surprisingly so delicious. The flavor profile and this is a we'll link the recipe. I know that they posted this one. I do own the cookbook but I know they posted this one on the internet so I would highly recommend people trying this because I think it's so delicious. It's really good and you know there's two other details that I remember now about when you were making this. You used ice cream scoops. So you would yes. take, right? You would take an ice cream scoop yeah. and scoop that onto baking sheet. So even though there's a little bit of work in making the batter, the actual cooking of the meatballs is so easy because you're just plopping them on a tray and then you're putting them in the oven. You're they're not hand frying. And that's also something I learned from this cookbook and just from this restaurant in general is that they say we dip our balls and we roast our balls. And it makes me laugh. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I sort of read that. But they use an ice cream scoop. So it maintains this level of uniformity, which is very nice for cooking. And they don't fuss with that frying of the oil splattering all over the place or you just throw them in the oven. They get roasty and toasty. And then one of the other things that I love about this lentil meatball recipe is that you can go in two different directions you can go probably multiple directions for flavor, but the two places I go is one, just like a basic tomato sauce, like a basic marinara. I love that with, you know, a little bit of pasta or just not even pasta, just the lentil meatballs, the tomato sauce, and maybe like a veggie side. But the other direction you can take it, if you want to even lighten it a little bit, is a pesto, a greens pesto. You can do traditional pesto, you can do greens pesto, and then you just kind of take little bites of your lentil meatballs and drag them through the pesto. And it's just a totally different experience. You know what would be really good on this is hug, that Yemenite green sauce. That would be so incredible. Yes, great idea. 
I remember you served these with pesto or an herb sauce and I just like couldn't get enough of it. All that earthy lentil aromatic flavor with the bright fresh herbs. It's such a great pairing. Definitely when I think about traditional meatball, I think about it with tomato sauce and pasta like spaghetti, spaghetti and meatballs, right? That's like such a classic dish. But this lentil meatball can really go into like a grain bowl. It's really great if you mix these with a couple of sauces and then some roasted vegetables and you can add rice if you want or farro or just keep it all straight veggies. You could fry an egg and throw that on top if you wanted it to be, you know, a runny fried egg. You could add pickly things, vegetables or kimchi or, you know, I've never done this, but I always think about when you get on a plane and you take like your quinoa cakes that you make, you know, you, you have this like really beautiful elevated way of taking care of yourself when you travel. And this is the kind of thing that you could take with you because it holds its shape and it's protein heavy and it's really delicious, hot or cold. Oh gosh, it's such a great idea. It's such a good idea to have it as like a protein snack or like yeah. a little snack. You just jogged my memory. And I know we've made this together is lentil bolognese. This is in that family. Yeah. And we yeah. can link a recipe for that too. But lentils really are an incredible kind of ground I, meat substitute. Totally. I love a lentil. And I always kind of am trying to like double my work in the kitchen. And so when I make this batch, I've actually frozen them. And I will tell you, they freeze horribly. They don't hold their shape. But what they do become is kind of like if you just mix them with some marinara, they become this like really beautiful bolognese adjacent experience. So, so cool. I love it. Okay, so should we explore some more other bean varieties? And Yeah, yeah. I want to know what's a dish that you have made recently with beans that you're kind of excited to talk about? I think when you were here, I was really excited to like go through my special beans that I have from the CSA that I mentioned, but I don't think you need a special bean for what I'm going to talk about. But when you were here, I got inspired to make a bean salad. I took you to my friend's yes. potluck party. Yes. And I kind of think bean salads are underrated. And I because agree. Right? And yeah. and by bean, I feel like in a bean salad, I'm including everything from a chickpea to any kind of white bean. In this case, I was using something called a rice bean, which is very unusual. It's like this tiny little white bean that looks it like looks rice. It looks like rice, yeah. It's crazy. But a flageolet bean, I think that's how you say it, a corona bean, a butter bean, yes. a Christmas lima bean, a big fat bean. I think all of those are really good in salads. The, the pretty sexy beans, like a, yeah. Yeah, like a Christmas lima, yeah. Yeah. So what I think about in a bean salad and kind of why I want to make more of them is I really want to have fun with textures and flavors because I think if you have too much bean in a bean salad, it's kind of one note. Too beany. Too beany. I don't like those deli bean salads that yeah, are I don't like want sad. a bean salad that's too beany. Don't want a too beany bean salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth interrupting you in this process to just say the bean salad that you made for that party that we went to was out Outrageous. It was so mm-hmm. delicious. And it was a perfect party food because it could sit outside. It's not too fussy. People could put it on a plate. They could put it in like a little cup and walk around and eat it. And it was very well received. Yeah. And I can barely even remember everything I put into it. But I know what I did is I had some beans I cooked off just basic with a bay leaf and water till they were tender and then drain those let them cool make a pot of farro but I think That's for this great. bulgur could work quinoa could maybe work I like a little more toothsome grain so farro is yeah. nice because it's a little it has a, a little chewiness yeah there's a, chewiness. there's a really nice chewiness to that yeah you could do a pasta instead of a farro that would work really well like a tiny little kind of pasta like a bite-sized pasta a shell or like a rotini or even smaller yeah. um 
And then, okay, this is where it became important to get lots of crunchy vegetables. So I yes. did a ton of celery, carrot. You could do, you know, shredded or, or chopped. And then some kind of crunchy nut. You're going to want like a pumpkin seed or a sunflower seed or sesame seed. Pistachio. Some kind of, a pistachio yes. would be great. An almond, a walnut. Yes. Kind of whatever you're in the mood for. Did I grill lemons for the salad? Did I add like grilled lemons? I don't know that lemon? I remember that. I feel like I definitely remember there being a really nice acidic note to it. And then there were a lot of herbs. Which oh, was, and a lot which, of herbs, yes. which I, you know, but like yes. parsley, whatever you have, basil would be good. And then a lot of parm because I think you want that umami. It's yes. such a compliment to the beans. And then a very, very lemony dressing. Yes. Like a, just a standard vinaigrette could be a mustard vinaigrette or a lemon Yeah, vinaigrette. I think yours had mustard in it too, didn't it? Because that's also like a really nice undertone, like a Dijon. I think you want and something. really good olive oil. And really good olive oil. And a lot more olive oil than you think it needs. Yeah, because you want it to be, this is a word we're not supposed to use, but moist, right? You do want it to be moist. Yeah. You want it to be moist. Yeah. I feel you like we all be- need to get over that word and just use it. It's the correct word. It's the correct <laughs> word. You don't want a dry bean salad. That's no. sad. Yeah. So for me, a bean salad would have some kind of chewy grain, a, a tender bean Crunchy that we want. A very crunchy veg, which could also be like kohlrabi and radish and other winter vegetables. Fennel. Could, I feel like you fennel. put fennel in yours. I did put fennel. There was fennel in there. Yeah. Fennel's really good. Then some kind of toasty nut or seed, lots of herbs, yeah. particularly parsley, and then a very lemony dressing. Yes. And I feel like that's And a nice me, extra shower of like really, of like your best olive oil. And parm. This is, and parm. You don't have to just do parm. You could do something like a manchego. You could do a feta. Yeah. I don't think you would want goat in this place because it would just get too creamy and messy. It might sound weird, but another thing that be, could be good if you want to keep it vegan is if you did a really toasty breadcrumb, even like a good sourdough breadcrumb or a good pango that you really got nice yeah. and toasty, some oil or plant-based butter or something like and made it really salty. Like I just think it's all about those textures, salty punches acidity. Agreed. Okay. So those are sort of the keys to your like magical bean salad, which I will just reiterate like it's so delicious and everyone at the party loved it. But I'm curious, tell me more of your, you know, some of the ways you're using beans because you really do cook with beans like at least once a week. I do because I love beans and I feel like they're so versatile. And one of my most favorite beans to cook of all time is a chickpea. And I got to say, I don't even think you need fancy chickpeas. I'm sure that they're even better, but I never buy fancy chickpeas. I just buy like straight up chickpeas. I cook a pot of them. And then usually I just see what I feel like doing. What I love about chickpeas is that they really seem to soak up whatever flavor sauce that you're putting them in. And so very often I'll do like a chickpea and then I'll make like a tomato sauce. So I'll start with like onions and maybe carrots or celery if I have them, but just like onions, garlic, tomatoes, you know, like a basic marinara. And I'll throw my chickpeas into that space and you can take that in a bunch of different directions. You could add briny capers to that. You can add goat cheese to that. You can add a bunch of herbs to that. I often am making that with like pasta. I'm tossing pasta in there. And You um, make chickpeas and pasta in marinara sauce. I love chickpeas. I make love chickpeas and pasta. In fact, I haven't done that for a while and so it's funny that that was like the first place that my brain went to. But also if I make a pot of chickpeas, I'm always thinking about chickpea curry and 
any kind of thick curry that is either Indian based or Thai based, cooking chickpeas in a sauce like that and then serving them over rice is something my family absolutely loves that I particularly love. You're really Um, making me so want to make that. I haven't made a chickpea curry in so long and you're right. I don't use them in this way and so you're really inspiring me is they have this kind of, I'm going to even say like chickeny element to them. It's not that it's just that it tastes meaty. It tastes like it has a flavor, right? And it really does lend itself to the base of a curry. But also I love this revelation of adding it to a pasta sauce and then having it with pasta. I've explained this, I think, a couple of times. Even recently we were talking about soup. I like a soup that I can chew. I like a texture. So for me, a chickpea gives me that texture by making like a basic marinara sauce and tossing it with pasta. Adding chickpeas just makes that more interesting to me. They are nutty. There's a nuttiness about them that's so lovely. Another thing thing that's totally a departure from what we're talking about. Also, I just love to take chickpeas that I've cooked, drain them, dry them off in a towel, and roast them in the oven. With olive mm. oil and salt, yes. start there. To me, like a crispy roasted chickpea, there's so many things that you can do with that. You can put that into a pita. You can put that into a rice bowl or just eat it like an appetizer. That's delicious. But you know, you're know, you like the queen of spices to me. So this is also a great place to use like these really special, beautiful spices spice blends that you've given me. It's the Diaspora company. That's yeah, yeah. Like. And so to toss your chickpeas with a spice blend that you have olive oil, a spice blend, and some salt and roast that in the oven, that with rice and a vegetable, come on, that's the best weeknight meal ever. I have to tease my book for a second because there's a recipe in there that I developed that's uh, harissa chickpeas and tofu and broccolini in a one-sheet meal. So oh my it's like God, ro- yum. roasted spice chickpeas roasted tofu and vegetable all in one and it's kind of talking about everything you're just saying and I almost even forgot about it until you reminded me even though it is in the book that's coming out soon but yeah I love love a roasted chickpea and I love a chickpea as like a major component of your meal especially if you just take the time to make a big pot of it which I kind of do if I'm making chickpeas then you then you can have hummus then you can have chickpeas for salads that you throw on then you can freeze them in pint jars and store them for a rainy day and it's just such a versatile thing. I love that you just said for like a salad because that immediately made my mind go to the tuna salad version that is chickpeas that can be vegetarian or vegan. But if you just make a big pot, there's so much versatility. And then if you don't get to them, this is something that you and I both do is that we freeze them. I think we kind of need to have a whole episode about chickpeas because as you're talking, I'm thinking of 10 other dishes that we, I don't think we have time for it for today. So I think we need to circle back to the chickpea. I think we both have a special love for this one bean. And by the way, I also just want to add, this is one of the things that I buy canned and keep in my pantry. Like of all the beans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because of all the beans, they do can well or they, you know, if they're vacuum sealed or whatever. And if you just have a bunch of vegetables that you need to roast and get rid of in your your produce drawer, throwing them on a pan – with a can, a can of rinsed drained chickpeas and roasting them all together that's to me is like a delicious meal totally it's totally. okay we're gonna definitely have to have a part two chickpeas before we go though I wanted to offer one last bean thing that I've been wanting to make and have not yet made and I think okay. you might be interested in it too but I'm not sure so I found I'm so curious <laughs> in my in my bean zine I have a bean zine wait <laughs> 
wait, a what? <laughs> wait, show me this. It's a it's a zine that's a zine. about beans that's made by my bean farmers. It's, I, called, it's, a, it's called a zine about beans. That's it's, literally yeah. what it's called. I mean, it's called a zine about beans. What a joy and, these people are. By the way, you sent me home back to LA with two different varieties of these beans from La Miranda. And I got to tell you, you know, they make these beautiful labels, right? And yes. you sent me home with the labels too. I couldn't throw them away. So I taped them up inside of my my pantry. So when I open up my pantry, even though those beans don't exist anymore, I cooked them and ate them and they were delicious. I still have the labels because they're so beautiful. Katie and David, I hope you're listening. So, okay. So in this bean zine, there was one, they include recipes from the community, from the CSA community. And there I was mean, this I one. I want to be a part of the CSA community. <laughs> what really humans. It's really special. I, I also just want to say that they are currently, they have quite a wait list and I don't want to make, again, feel like it's impossible right. to get their beans, but they're working on it. They're working and they're going to do some pop-up markets in Portland. So if you're in Portland and you're not on their list, follow them on Instagram because there are going to be ways that you can get their beans and they may even ship beans. All right. But the zine, there is this recipe and it's for Bill Jones's baked beans. Oh, I do not like baked beans. <laughs> I'm so curious where you stood. You know, listen, I definitely grew up on baked beans. I guess I shouldn't say I don't like them. I think about the ones from the can that I grew up on. And I just think that was kind of the only bean I ate until I was maybe 20 years old. And then I was, I kind of got out into the world and I was like, wait, there's all these other things that you can do with beans. And I've only been eating them this way. Like you snubbed your, first- your nose on baked beans it's well, the, in it's the like past your, yeah it's like your first boyfriend you're like okay I'm done with you I'm moving on no I don't know I I get I, it I get it I I don't I think that's fair I'm mixed about baked beans I have had the kind from the can that's way too sweet and kind of too metallic like whenever I see a picture of baked beans on a British breakfast it makes me hungry and I want to eat them but like the reality of the baked beans don't always match it's not the, good no okay no. but listen can I just tell you about this recipe because I'm curious if if this would appeal to you Okay, he lists a bean that they carry, but basically the best bean for this would be a pinto bean. Okay, uh, pinto I love variety a pinto. bean. Great. There's one large orange halved. What? Already, it's starting off strong. Onion, garlic, apple cider vinegar, apple cider, the juice. Okay. Sweetness. Pimenton de la Vera, a Spanish smoked paprika. Oh my Dry God. mustard, ketchup, and an Indonesian sweet soy sauce. And specifying Bango brand, if you can find it. Okay. And Worcestershire sauce and brown sugar. Okay. And then it basically is saying, okay, so you cook the beans and then in a big, you know, pan, you add the cider vinegar, the vinegar, the spices, the ketchup, the Worcestershire, this Indonesian sweet soy sauce, the orange, and you bring it to boil. And then you remove from the heat and you put into a terracotta pot and you put that in the oven at 325 for 45 minutes. And you cook the beans in this sauce or the beans are already cooked. Yeah. You cook them off until they're al dente and then you make kind of how I do it. And then you make a sauce and you add in all this stuff and then you bake it. Yeah. And I find it very intriguing. I am intrigued. I got to say, I I will just say sort of in defense of the beans that I grew up eating. One of the things that my dad would always do is to kind of cut that sweetness. He would always have mustard. 
think what I really like about this is that there's clearly this range of flavors. There's sweetness, there's smokiness, there's a acidic, several acidic elements, and then some really interesting spice. Do you want to work on this recipe? I mean, you're the one with the bean zine, so why don't I'm you? Gonna, I'm gonna have to make, make it. it. I'm gonna have to make it. I'm gonna have to report back. Yeah, and I'm I will very let you curious. know about Bill Jones's baked beans and how they turn out. Because there's a reason why baked beans are also popular. Because it's a great, it's side. a great, it's a great side. It's a great yeah. side for like a barbecue, and especially if you have vegetarians or even like a southern style meal. Obviously, yeah. it's a classic. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a reason beans, baked beans, are so popular in this country. Yeah, we could clearly go on and on. Yes, we could clearly go on and on. So before we go, I just want to kind of list some of our favorite bean dishes that we will link in our show notes, which would definitely include the pizza beans that you talked to me about from Deb Perlman that, you know, you and I were both sort of separately making this. You make them pizza beans. I do pizza rice and beans. Long live the pizza beans. We have to link that recipe. It's we have so to link good. that recipe. And then there's also just, you know, I make these potato nachos. And so I like to put the beans on the nachos that I make, regular nachos or potato nachos. We also did that in our episode where you, when I came to visit you and we made this like amazing version of that. So yeah, we can yeah. link that episode. And what's great about your point is beans and potato potatoes go so well together. Again, it's like another vegetarian dish that feels hearty and rich and delicious. I think the sum up of this conversation is that we love beans and we have so, so many more so many more things to talk about. And so, you know, we'll do another episode at some point. Without a doubt. And before we do that episode, you are going to report back on those baked beans from – what's his name? Bill? Bill Jones. I've never met him. We're going to figure out what it is that's special about your baked beans. Okay. I, I will promise to share and I, okay. it gives me a homework assignment. I'm officially starving. Oh. I really want to go home and make a pot of chickpeas right now. That's really. my takeaway yeah. is I need to make more chickpeas in my life. It's been a couple months. All, All right. right. Until next time. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for being our food friend. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with friends. We love hearing from you, so follow us on Instagram or drop us a line at foodfriendspodcast.com. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and your food friends. Happy cooking and eating. Happy cooking and eating.